Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Parker Brailsford, Brailsford winning the job for Boise State? Uh, yeah, Parker had a really, really good camp. Uh, between Nate, Juice, uh, Garen Hatchett, and Parker, I think all those guys will see action at some point this season, and it was a really tight battle. But essentially, uh, Parker really just was a little more consistent and uh, just a really twitchy kid, moves really well, and <clears throat> even regardless of his size, able to move people. With, um, with the uh, two guys as an and or at the other guard spot, did that mean that Parker kind of beat out everybody in a sense? Yeah, no, he was he was the top rated guard at the at the end of camp. Now, like I said, this was a I can't stress enough how close of a battle that was, uh, especially between those three guys. So uh, again, we're going to involve all those guys, and and uh, I think some guys will continue to improve and potentially push even more. So you never know how it ends up. With those two guys, they're different body types. They're different players. Can you talk and maybe compare and contrast a little bit just what you're getting, uh, you know, with his athleticism and what you're losing on size? Yeah, I think the size part's pretty obvious. I think, uh, you know, the, the concern with Parker is him getting overwhelmed with uh, especially a three technique. Uh, but really, you know, the athleticism with Parker and his ability to stick on to guys, stay connected, it's hard for them to tackle us when – He's on him, and I think there's a little bit of that, that he just had the ability and knack to stay a little bit more sticky on guys, especially at the second level uh, than the other two guys. And then obviously with Nate and Juice, um, you have the potential for a little bit more horsepower at, at moments. But uh, there's plenty of clips in the run game where Parker was just as, as um, productive, you know, in the run game and the ability to move gaps and things like that as the other two guys. So he's almost awkwardly strong for his size. He's one of the more powerful guys in the room. Is there something you can do different with him, that, like pulling more or just different things that you can do with him? No, we won't We won't change anything as far as uh, scheme-wise. I don't think there's any anything we have to adjust that way. If something did happen to Mateo, would you move Parker over or, or would it be Landon who would? would uh, initially, a great question. I, I think initially right now we probably feel a little bit more comfortable with Parker. Uh, just with calls and things like that. But uh, I think I mentioned this the other day, too. Landon is gaining steam every day and getting better and better. <clears throat> Ryan, things are a little different for Mike now compared to a year ago. <laughs> sure. Got the NIL opportunities, all that. Sorry, bought the kids a bunch of headphones, all that. Yep. Um, talk about just kind of how he's handled all of that, I guess, success that has come his way in the last year or so. Right. You know, Mike... Uh, even last year prior, I think, to, to all of his success and things like that, one of the things that makes Mike a great quarterback is his ability to stay, you know, middle grounded. And uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that even with all the success and some of the pressures that, you know, can mount on his shoulders that he does have the ability to, to 
take that kind of uh, pressure on, so to speak, and and move on from it. Um, I think that's a daily battle for Mike, and I think that you know getting him ready uh, for the next level that'll be exactly some of the same pressures that he has, you know, in the NFL. Those guys are are under a lot of scrutiny, the same as Mike is, and uh, so his ability to just process and be in that day and do the best he can and just trust that his preparation is, is all he can control. And, and then from there, just go play. I know he's got a couple of folks he works with in the NIL world, agents-wise, but do you ever talk with him about his, his, his workload, what's on his plate? you ever kind of help him? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mike's agent is, is a good guy that, um, you know, stay in contact with him just about management of that and making sure that, it isn't too much, and that Mike knows how to say no at times uh, when it can be too much because Mike's a really accommodating guy. You know, he wants to be interactive with the fan base and, and people, and, you know, he wants to try to please everybody on some level. So just making sure that he knows it's okay for him to, to say no at times and, and handle what he has to handle. Ryan, from last year to this year, just comfort level for you, the offense, what to expect. Tell me the difference between last year you know, it was just yesterday we were watching film as an offensive staff, and I think, you know, it was kind of a not a wow moment for me, but it was like, okay, yeah. We were going over just a call sheet where we're at right now against Boise, and Shep said something, and he was just kind of laughing. He's like, wow, this is way more fun where I'm not having to think about every call and ask you about something. And so when you think about that from even a, a really sharp coach's standpoint and where he's at, think about where the kids are at as well. So I think the trickle-down effect of that, you know, the ability to be more experienced in the offense is is going to be um, really valuable because there's going to be adjustments and changes that we have to make in tow with some of the changes and, and uh, challenges that we get from defenses throughout the season. With your running back room before Cam went down, you guys made it seem like he was the clear number one. Yep. You've got Dylan listed as your number one now. Is he clearly the number one, or is that more of a mix and match thing? No, it'll it'll be a, it'll be a combination of a bunch of guys um, for sure. So, you know, we're still unfortunately we're a little bit in the position we were last year, um, early in the season, where the running back job was still wide open, and I think that's where we're at. You know, by the end of the season, obviously Cam and Wayne had really cemented themselves as the one and two, and. Um, right now, it is it is very much open, you know, and, and you hope with Tybo coming back that he can continue to progress in the offense and, and uh, hopefully push in there to be somewhere in that mix. Uh, but Will does a great job, and he's getting better as a natural running back. And uh, some of the guys are just getting healthy again, so we're dealing with a lot of those things. What allowed Tayshawn Lyons to make the Chiefs? Um, Tayshawn, you know, I mean – too deep is, you know, we, we probably would move some other guys around, to be honest with you, before Tayshawn would play. You know, all those guys, Germ, JP, um, those guys really know a lot of different spots, Denzel Boston, things like that. So there would probably be a lot of different moves before we'd get to Tayshawn. But I think the other part of that, just as far as him being listed, is, you know, Giles, where he's at right now, recovering and um, not being in the mix. He's still a ways off is what I'm saying. <clears throat> right. You've been with Kalen for a while now. Just what did you notice about him, if, if anything, uh, in his first year in Power Five, you know, spotlight bigger than it ever was, and him rising to all this 
having all the success, did you notice any change in him or any kind of growth in him that was that, that stood out to you? No, that's the best part, right? Uh, uh, growth for sure, though. I think that obviously anybody in that role is going to have to continue to grow and adapt and you know learn some of the new nuances of the position that he's in. But I think as far as the ins and outs every day and how he operates and how he handles pressure and things like that, it's it's the same guy, you know, which obviously makes our job as assistants a lot easier when you're able to line up every day. And you know what you can expect out of your head guy and that you're not going to have any different pressure from week to week and that it's it's going to be consistent. Ryan, do you expect many changes for you with the new clock rules and the idea that maybe you're going to have a few less plays offensively in a game? Uh, I don't think it's going to be massive changes. I think uh, if I said, you know, we're not talking about it or looking at it, some of the strategic things at the end of halves and things like that, I think uh, those are things you have to be aware of and, and probably just understanding, you know, the potential for one to two possessions less in a football game and how that could impact you in, in tight, you know, clock management situations. And um, if the clock is moving a lot in the first half and things like that, you just have to be, I think, just more in tune to, to how much time you really have and how many possessions are you're capable of. Do you have a history with anybody on the Boise staff? And who would you compare their defensive scheme to that we've seen recently? Uh, yeah, we played Andy, uh, Coach Avalos, a couple of times when he was defensive coordinator. So... Um, I think he's still heavily involved in what they do and uh, so certainly have some experience with what they do and some of the changes that they'll make. Any team that we could reference that they play similar to? Uh, Boise. <laughs> <laughs> and I only say I'm, I'm being kind of a smart aleck, but, but honestly, just I know Andy had left and went to, I think it was Oregon at one point and came back and, and things look very familiar from what they did. Um, there's certainly some of Spencer's footprint on that defense as well, uh, but a lot of things are, are very much in their DNA. So what's the hallmark of a Avalos defense? Uh, you know, I think they do a great job of just being disciplined. You're not going to see, no matter who they're playing, um, you don't see a bunch of big busts, guys running wide open. and um, They're definitely going to change the picture and try to challenge you and make you think about who's in the football game and they're going to use some dime package stuff and things like that. But I just think they do a great job of staying home when they're supposed to and being where they're supposed to be at. And their kids aren't going to give up the big plays for them. And so they're going to make you earn it. You guys have any good natured kidding or anything? Cause you have all these Boise state guys on your coaching staff. No, I, I none at all. Cause I got no love for Boise. I was at Fresno. So it's just normal operating procedure right now. How do you work a guy like Denzel Boston into the into the mix? Jamarcus has been yeah. glowing about him all offseason long. First of all, do you see that? Are, are you with Coach yeah. on that too? Yeah, no, I think, I think Denzel has definitely progressed. Um, I think it's been a big jump from last year. I, I think he still has a lot of work to do, and that's the best part in my mind about Denzel is that uh, he's a really unsatisfied kid. I think he knows he's still got a lot of work to do, but certainly – can see him working into each football game. I think he's going to be out there on a number of reps, you know, throughout the course of the game. And Rome can't take all the reps, so got to make sure we keep him healthy. And um, and he's a legitimate threat now. You know, last year I think he was just trying to figure things out. You know, much to the question we were talking about before. And you know, here's a guy that's been in the system and understands it in his position and can contribute at some level. 
How's Bernard's kind of grasp of the playbook since he transferred over, Ben? He is another guy that is, he grows every day. And both the plays that he's making, his understanding and grasp, we've been able to start to utilize him in different positions, not just in one spot. And uh, that makes him dangerous, you know, that we can get him out there in different positions and not just one spot. Um, but he's doing great. Can't stress enough. He's doing a great job. And just seeing all the different ways we can utilize all those guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What kind of challenge is it preparing for a quarterback like Taylor Green who can really run? Well, just extremely versatile. I think you look at statistically on him, you know, for him a year ago, a 2,000-yard passer. Uh, but then when he runs the ball, averaging over seven yards a carry. And I think, you know, that's a common theme for us since this entire upcoming season is uh, our concern for running quarterbacks is at an all-time high. It's something that we're going to see, a, you know, a great player week one. And it's going to, you know, the hits are going to continue to come throughout the course of the season because that's the style of quarterback play that's, you know, um, at the forefront of the of the the Pac-12 right now. Is having a fully healthy Eddie something that you, you can lean on when you face a running quarterback? Yeah, I mean, Eddie's awesome. I mean, I think, uh, you know, just the dynamic of the leadership and the preparation, he prepares like a pro every day. And then, um, you know, it's been fun to just see him, you know, grow in the system and then, you know, be able to use utilize his athleticism. And, uh, you know, um, I think, you know, just watching him throughout the course of a, a fully healthy fall camp and, and spring ball and, and the development that he has taken place for him. And, you know, right now my trust in him is is extreme. I think he's going to be out there. I think he's going to be a dominant player for us. And I think he's going to make a lot of plays. Talked to two different people last week. One of them was your head coach. Asked about a player on defense that kind of nobody's talking about, and they both said the same guy, and that was Sakai. Uh, talk about him and kind of. Yeah, you know, Sakai. You know, we brought Sakai in a year ago to to manage some depth, um, and uh, just you know the transition from you know I think junior college to to our league uh, was initially a big jump for him, um, but Sakai, you know, very quietly, very determined. Uh, you're not going to hear a lot of rah-rah out of him. He just goes to work, and he, he pressed himself literally every single day. And uh, it's gotten to the point where, you know, he's grown from a competency standpoint, understanding what he's doing, and then development in his skill set. And, uh, you know, we're excited about that. You know, we're excited about the opportunity to have him, you know, help us create more edge depth right now. Where do you think you're the, the thinnest, and where do you think you're the strongest as far as depth goes? Well, I mean, that's been our whole offseason focus is, is – is creating depth um, really across the board. You know, I think that, you know, a lot of our depth in terms of some positions, maybe with a couple younger guys, you look at our D tackle room right now, that may be a few younger guys, the Parker brothers, those types of players. Um, you know, we've got a very veteran linebacker crew at this point. You know, your top four guys all have a lot of game experience. And then, you know, the folks in the secondary uh, right now, is, it was was paramount. You know, we needed to create depth there. And that's that's happened through bringing in, you know, a number of new players, uh, but also trusting on some 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 guys that have some extreme veteran experience in that room as well. MJ Ali uh, won the right to go out in the field first amongst a bunch of veteran players. Uh, 
What, what did he do to win that job, uh, win the right to be a starter? Yeah, I mean, it's just caused chaos. I mean, I think you watch and, uh, you know, um, obviously we got a great offensive line and him causing havoc for those guys daily. Uh, his hand activity, uh, his understanding of how to use his body uh, and taking on blocks, um, him showing some some twitch and, and some ability to move. I think that's been a big thing for us. And and I, I, I don't doubt, you know, when I think about leadership from the D-tackle position, I, d I identify with MJ right away. I think he's fully transitioned. And I think the other big piece for him was fighting through a lot of injuries a year ago uh, that inhibited his development a little bit. And now, you know, out there every single day during fall camp, and he's made some big strides for us. So we're really excited for MJ. Chuck, what you saw on film from Jabbar when he transferred over, has he shown you more than what you thought you were getting, everything you thought you were kind of talk about? Yeah, I mean, no, I, th I think he's been fantastic. You know, I think he's uh, extremely veteran, uh, very high football IQ, never out of position on guys, um, active around the ball. He, he got his hands on, on the football a bunch during fall camp, uh, which is exciting to see. And then he's playing fast, you know, and he's not intimidated. You know, obviously a little bit undersized, uh, but he plays, you know, he plays like he's 6'2 in his mind. And I think that's a big part if you're going to be a little bit of an undersized player at the corner position is you got to, you know, you can't be intimidated. Um, and he's not, um, you know, a guy that had 900 snaps a year ago. I mean, he's at a, a veteran for us right now. What about Tristan Dunn to crack the two deeps behind Meech? Uh, well, I think, you know, Tristan right now is still, I mean, uh, I think we'd have to go through a couple things before we put him out on the field. Tristan's made a lot of progress. I think you see most of his run here early on the season at special teams. Um, you know, just still working in, in growth and understanding of his job and assignments and roles. Uh, but, you know, Cam Fab. Uh, a lot of trust in Cam Fab. You see Cam Fab at free safety. You'll see Cam Fab at nickel. Uh, Cam start, started a lot of games for us. But, you know, Tristan's a guy we certainly want to continue to bring along. It's been, I think it's been nine months since you played a game. You know, you got game week. What's the one thing that you just look forward to more so on first game of the year, game day? Just the guys. I mean, I just love watching our kids. You just you think about it. I know it's, it's, it's talked about all the time, a little bit cliche, like how much work the guys put in, our kids put in. And... I'm more excited for them than anything because when you watch them follow this process day in and day out for months on end, I mean, I'm talking, you know, it's January, it's February, you're in the weight room, you're going extra, you're doing meetings, you're doing the summer workouts, the training, and, and how our group has handled, you know, coming off of a successful season last year and how they're walking in with their approach this year, they're still starving, they're still hungry, they are... Um, you know, maxing out every single day. And so for me, the biggest thing is, is excited for them to, you know, all the work and letting, it, let, letting that stuff fly on the field is the biggest excitement for me. Braylon had a, obviously a very good season last year, but heard a lot of talk about how good his offseason was. Do you see a different player? Do you see some areas of his game where he's even better? Yeah, I mean, he's way better. It's just super exciting for us right now. I just, you know, the work ethic that he has already intrinsically. And, um, again, it's, it's great because, you know, you look at uh, the daily competition with Troy and Roger. We've got two really strong offensive tackles. So, you know, you know, when those guys are throwing down out there and competing, uh, what the level of competition is. And um, I think he's playing faster. Uh, I think he's playing more physical than he played a year ago. He weighs more. He's stronger. Um, so um, I'm really, really excited for his, his season coming up this year because, you know, a guy comes back and, and he is clearly better. With a deeper rotation along the interior, are you, are you expecting to get more pressure from your defensive tackles this year? 
Yeah, I mean, that's always relative to, to the bodies and, and schematics and some things that we do. You know, obviously, we've got some flexibility with a few guys like a boy Tanufi who can, you know, flip between edge and play interior. And then there'll be some sub package things where we'll allow some of those guys to move down and kick down inside. I think, you know, you know, looking into the league this year, I mean, there's going to be, you know, plenty of spread stuff and chasing quarterbacks around. And we've got to get our best guys out there in certain packages. But, uh, you know, I think Javon Parker, certainly the time that he had on the field last year, uh, was an asset, and, and we've seen improvement out of him. Um, you know, Thule looks good right now. It looks fresh. Um, so, yeah, we'll certainly ask those guys to, you know, help collapse pockets around running quarterbacks. What's the biggest difference just overall, not just the defense, but what you can do, what you can't do versus this time a year ago when you first showed up here? Well, I was talking to a lot of guys here, you know, got a kind of a veteran leadership group of defensive guys, and we we're just talking about this the other day. I mean, now this has turned into some of the things we're able to talk about now with them. It's 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 not 100-level stuff. It's 400-level stuff, um, and that's really exciting. And, and guys know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, maybe a year ago if there was a mistake made or a missed fit, you know, Maybe the person that made the mistake knew, but everybody else around him may not have understood it. And now it's it's easy, you know, if there's a mistake on film, you know, there's guys from all levels, all three levels that understand and understand the big picture. And I think that's the number one thing is that all the guys understand the big picture. And I think, you know, as we've grown to know our players and their their ability levels, we certainly uh, continue to work the scheme towards them. You know, we want to emphasize what they do well. And so you'll see, you know, certainly see some things from us that'll uh, allow those guys to play fast and have fun. With so many of you guys on the coaching staff having had backgrounds as national champions, as players and coaches, how does that fit in here? I mean, is there is that a bonus to that, to what you're trying to teach these guys? Uh, but I think it's just a mentality. I think it's just, you know, intrinsically, what are you after? Um, I think, you know, in our profession, I guess I look at it from, the, if you're asking about, you know, how do coaches view it, I think, um, you know, I think our coaching staff under Coach DeBoer, we wake up every day and it's like we, we are out to win every single game. Um, and I think that's born of, you know, decades of that same mentality and the, and the staff buy-in. And there's not one game that we don't want. Um, and obviously, if you can find a way to be fortunate enough to get them all, the end result is what it is. Um, and so, you know, I think we got to, you know, and, and I think Coach DeBoer does a, a unbelievable job of really just keeping the focus right in front of where we're at too I mean we can't be off looking down the road um, it's you know carry a lamp not a flashlight I mean you just got to look at the what's right in front of you uh, his mantra of one and oh every single day and the guys really have bought into that and and it's just about stacking that mentality uh, across the board I've heard you guys have a lot of uh, in terms of mile per hour speed yeah how, how does that matter? How do you see that on the field this year compared to last year? Yeah, in terms of the GPS, you're talking about yeah. the G, GPS data? Yeah, GPS data. Well, I may mean, think one thing about guys playing fast is they know exactly what they're doing. I think that's a big part of it. But then we do have some guys that can run. I mean, I, I've watched uh, – there was a play out of fall camp. I watched Braylon Trice, you know, storming down the field, running full tilt. And, man, that's scary if you're an offensive guy when he's – uh, in full-on pursuit of you. Uh, Dom Hampton runs at a, at an elite level. Um, you know, Jabbar Muhammad is the guy that's shown that he can close in space. And then, you know, but all of our linebacking core, all guys that are very mobile. So, uh, but it's something that turns into a competition with the guys kind of daily who was the fastest guy on the field. And I think it's important to them. And I think they've really bought into the science behind what Coach McKeefrey's brought in terms of that data and how important it is for us to be successful. How is Asa, how will he be better? Than he was a year ago? 
Yeah, well, I think I think the biggest thing is just for him, body's body's in the best. He just told me the other day, Coach said, Coach, it's the best my body's felt in years. Um, so I think that's number one uh, is where his health is at right now. Um, I think the second thing is, is, you know, when you have a player that's got an incredible football IQ um, and understands football the way he does, he sees it like very, very few people see it, and you can advance him to another level beyond, and we're talking about intricate, you know, coaching level information, and he can apply that in-game speed. And, and he's not a paralysis by analysis guy at all. He can see pictures really fast, and I think it's allowed him to really have an up, uptick in his productivity during fall camp because there's, he knows where he's going every single play. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, game week, finally here. So 28 days, uh, or not quite, but close. 28 days uh, since we uh, started this thing uh, with fall camp and um, you know, it goes really slow, and I think the guys are like, hey, it's never going to come. And then all of a sudden, the last week or so, you know, all of a sudden, it's right on us. So uh, the guys are fired up, certainly ready to hit someone else besides uh, themselves, and, and uh, looking forward to a, a great week of practice here. So I'm excited to see Husky Nation out there. You know, I know uh, it looks good as far as what the crowd's going to be, and uh, excited to see them all out there in full force. Uh, you know, home field advantage is certainly a big thing, and uh, Husky Nation does a great job making us feel at home here. So, questions? Any word on uh, Zach Durfee? Uh, no, 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 no response yet. It's out of our hands. Uh, we submitted everything some time ago, and so it just takes time to go through the processes, but uh, we're waiting on that. When a guy rises up the depth chart and the other guy falls, um, like with Parker, how do you handle the guy who's rising and the guy who's falling, what's that conversation like? Yeah, and I think in Parker's case, I mean, there's going to be a rotation, uh, some similar, I expect a rotation of some type, you know, uh, similar to maybe what we did last year. Um, but, you know, it's competitive. And uh, Parker's been right there uh, for much of camp. And, you know, we've talked about him often, even going into the spring. Um, you know, the, the two things. I think Coach Huff does an awesome job of building a room uh, where these guys support each other. Um, I don't know the exact conversation uh, that he had with them, but I know that right after that, um, those guys, uh, when they met with him, walked out of it. And, uh, you know, they were all hugging and, you know, um, maybe it wasn't high fives, but hugging each other and uh, knowing that they're uh, confirming that they're going to be there to support each other, you know, and that's just the type of room Coach Huff has really built. And uh, that's the type of guys that are in that room where, you know, it is a competition to get on the football field, and uh, there's some really good players that are all looking to try to get a, a couple spots. Um, and when the decision is made, um, they trust in the coaching staff that there's a reason for that decision, um, and we're going to be open and transparent and communicate well with them. Um, and then there's just a, a support that they're going to have for each other, you know, and uh, I love to see that. It's not just at uh, O-line, but you see it at other positions as well. So, um, you know, it's easy to be, say, your team first and then all of a sudden a team first guy and then all of a sudden, you know, a little adversity hits you and you're not where you thought you were. And, 
you know, then, you know, you really truly see it lived out in situations like this where um, guys, you know, who are truly team first guys, you know, there to support uh, Parker and excited for him in this opportunity. You started a freshman last year at right tackle in Roger and now at right guard. How, how good does a freshman have to be? How far ahead of the curve does he have to be to start mm-hmm. that position at that age? Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, Roger was here a couple more years or at least one more year. Um, and Parker, you know, came in a year ago and did an awesome job. Uh, you know, he was an early enrollee, you know, so um, that really helped him out a year ago and just continues to work. And uh, he's just a really good football player, you know, and he's continued to put on some really good weight and, uh, you know, understands the game, plays it the way it's meant to be played. And uh, we've used him a lot over the course of the last year as examples of, man, this is what football is all about. This is what dogs, uh, you know, do on the football field. And so uh, we're super, super fired up for him. He's, uh, you know, to, to fully answer your question, he's just done a great job, you know, understanding the schemes. Um, you know, he can play not just guard, but he can play center. And, uh, you know, very versatile that way as well also. Do you remember uh, when you came in, you inherited as a recruit. You didn't keep everybody that you were going to inherit. What, what did you think about him? Because he was a little undersized. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your initial thoughts when you saw Parker Brailsford? Yeah, when I, when I went and met with him, uh, we went and did a, a home visit there in December. And uh, it was just, you could just tell, I mean, he's wide-eyed. He was into it. Um, comes from a great program, you know, and had a lot of success there uh, in Arizona at Sorraro. And, um you know, he just uh, does does a great did a great job. You know, leading that team to great things, and you know, there's a lot of character traits that go along with physical traits and uh, ability level. And uh, I think he combines all those things to to be a really special football player. And we could see that. Parker, is it more difficult to win that job or hang on to it? That's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean, right now, we're just going to continue to coach all those guys just like we would any at any time. And we'll, uh, you know, find the right times when the, when there's opportunities to to work others in and rotate and, you know, uh, let these guys gel. They've been working together now here for, for a little little time uh, here last week. So it's it's gone well. Coach Rob, Coach Rob said that the running back rotation, Thank you. It's, it's going to be a rotation in that position. Can you give us an idea of what that's going to look like? Well, I think running back, you said, right? Running back? Yeah, yeah with Dylan, you know, Dylan, um, you know, we brought him in for a reason. And uh, he continued as fall camp uh, has continued on, continued to climb and um, just, uh, you know, grasping the offense. I think he's done a good job of that, especially the last week or two. And, uh, you know, he's got a support system around him, just like we talked about Parker, uh, where guys are happy for his reps. and. Um, I think there's uh, other guys that are going to figure in. You know, we've been talking about Will Nixon a lot, you know, going back to the winter when he put on some really good weight and has just stayed the course and kept the faith that, uh, that his time's coming. And so he's going to get those opportunities. I even see improvement in the last two weeks um, since, uh, since really kind of since CD's gone down. So um, that group, um, it won't just be two. I think, you know, we're going to find opportunities to give everyone their shot, very similar to how we did it a year ago. As the season goes along, you kind of you kind of become a little more focused on the guys who consistently are are getting the job done. It was it was kind of obvious, I guess, last <clears throat> year that there was a fairly big gap between Cam Davis, Telepapa, and the rest of that group as far as what you guys felt comfortable kind of rotating. Is that the case with Dylan and Will now, or is there kind of a much tighter 
kind of gap there you think between uh i think the gap is probably a little tighter and it's mainly because the other guys i think are continuing to get better um and so that's that's why i would consider uh because will's improved a lot he really has he he's much more comfortable as a running back he's bigger he's stronger um, he's confident in the offense. Um, he's really improved in pass protection a lot. So I think the rest of the group, I think the gap is smaller because the rest of the group has come up. Who's your best pass pro back? Uh, I think there's, I mean, I think, you know, you, you start with the guys who are out there, you know, and then there's, there's reasons and, and they're the most diverse. Um, you know, and the reason we have those two lists in the top of the depth chart is because uh, that, that plays into it, you know. So I think that's where it starts. But re really, I mean, we do so many reps. It's not going to be a responsibility thing or anything where they get caught off guard in the protection schemes. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's just continuing to get better. And, um, again, you know, you got got these other guys that uh, I feel very confident putting out on the football field. They've played well in scrimmages. Sorry. No, you're you got a couple true freshmen in the two deeps. Is there anybody in that class who you think won't redshirt at this point? And are those things kind of changing? Who, who are the freshmen in particular that um, you're looking at? Tayshon's listed on yep. the yep. Tybo back practicing. Yep. Yeah. I th uh, and the question just. Are there, are there any freshmen in that class who you think won't redshirt this year? You know, I think right now. Um, there's a good chance all three of those guys, um, maybe maybe Tayshon, I think, just because our receiving core is very deep um, as it is right now. And so uh, with Giles hopefully coming back. Uh, and so, you know, um, I think Landon certainly has a chance. Uh, he's just every day getting better and better. Um, it's been fun seeing his growth. And uh, Tybo, you know, just has a lot of natural ability. And there's a lot of ways he can get on the football field, not just as an offense, offensive player. How do, you, how do you plan to divide up the left guard snaps with the Julius and Nate both getting snaps? Yeah, you pick, you pick, and you got a starter. And, and if you remember last year, um, once Nate, uh, once Jackson Kirkland came back, uh, we rotated Nate in at least one series, if not more, uh, every game. And uh, we did the same thing with Mateo uh, in for Corey. And so, not that we, I want to commit to that, but. You know, I just that's a way where we feel we can continue to grow, develop, keep the competition there, um, help them all stay involved and and continue continue to evaluate that growth. Uh, because we feel like putting those guys on the football field, it wasn't a matter of like, you know, who who can't get it done. It was just a matter of we got to pick someone to be the starter and throw out there on the first snap of the game. A lot has happened since the last last year up here uh, Monday talking about week one, 11 wins. A lot of success, top 10 ranking. Even you got an extension. Um, just how are you personally feeling at this time right now, maybe compared to where you were last year? Yeah, I think every season is uh, a new year. I've learned that. Um, you know, I, I always i am confident with our team, always, uh, every year, no matter what my role was as head coach or coordinator. But, you know, um, you know that hey, a new season, and and you know you're you're excited. I don't want to say anxious because I'm just excited to get it going. Uh, as far as my how comfortable I am with the guys, I think when you know, and a year ago, I felt like I really knew when we went on the field what we were going to get. I felt that, but you don't know for sure. Now I feel like there's just a more. Um, there's, I'm more comfortable with the, the consistency and the effort that I know we're going to bring. Does it mean that everything is always perfect? No, 
we know that. Um, that's going to come uh, as we face, uh, even with week one here, uh, very good opponents. You know, we'll get certainly challenged. But I do feel confident in that we're going to have a response where, you know, when it comes gut check time, um, these guys are going to dig in and uh, they're going to do it for each other. And when you have that mindset, uh, it's amazing what you can accomplish. And we saw that throughout the season. When it got tough, these guys uh, rel relied on their, their brotherhood, the family, you know, that we – those, those values that we have, the toughness, and, you know, we he held each other accountable, you know, and so those things are all going to, you know, continue to show themselves up here this fall, and, um, you know, I'm much more comfortable with where that's at, having been through it now the second time. Taylor, we saw the... Oh, Coach Grubb's up here a second ago saying the best part about you is the fact that you haven't changed at all, despite the spotlight and all that, but I'm just curious, you know, being head coach in a Power Five and having success you had over that stretch. Did you learn anything about yourself? Well, I think, I think um, there's always right moments where you grow. And I think when you're the most uncomfortable, that's your greatest growth moments. And I can look at my career. You can look at your, your life outside of your career. And I think when those moments are the most uncomfortable um, and you get through it and you know, you know, just because of experiences that you've had that you will get through it. You know, just stay the course, keep the faith, and be consistent. I mean, the word consistent, I think, is just so important so that people know what you're going to get each and every day when you come to work and you, you deal with situations, good, bad, ugly, no matter what it is. And so um, I think you just learn over time uh, that you'll get through it and that the sun will come up the next day when there are tough days and to, you know, enjoy the moments no, no matter if they're – the best ones or the ones that are just uh, really hard because uh, in the end, it's going to make you better. We saw the video of Mike delivering the beats yeah. the team. How did that come together? Did he come to you and say, I want to do this? And then what's the reaction of the team when he does something like that? Yeah, he certainly, uh, you know, saw this as an opportunity to uh, to do something for his team, teammates. And, uh, I mean, he just loves these guys. And, you know, there's a reason why he came back, right? And, you, you know, the development uh, that he expects to have in a second year here, um, you know, and how that can lead to a higher status when it comes to the NFL, uh, all that. But in the end, he loves his experience. He loves his teammates. Um, he's really just grown as a leader. And, uh, you know, there's, there's just times he's been through it now six times, right, <laughs> fall camp. And there's times when you just know, like, hey, this, if I, you know, this is a way where we can just really, I, I can be a linchpin and just pull everything together, you know? You know, and uh, he did that, you know, and so, um, you know, it was really cool to see our guys love him for it. Uh, you know, it's just exciting. Uh, and he always has his little, you know, creative piece. And he's just he is who he is. You know, he is who he is. And uh, the way he wanted to do it, I'm like, Mike, this is all yours, however you want. And, uh, you know, he wanted to come out there and he wanted the horn and he wanted to do all that kind of stuff. And it was uh, it was set up by him, you know, and when he got up in front of the team, um, he just spoke how, you know, Michael Penix Jr. speaks. And uh, it's open and honest and full of excitement. And our guys love the competitiveness he brings to the team each and every day, um, how serious he takes the success that we want to have this year. But they also see him for just a great person who in, they enjoy being around, you know, and just, uh, is a, you know, he's a great friend to all of them. So it was a really cool thing. Do you, do you ever guard against – jealousy is the wrong word. But when somebody is getting the spotlight – and other players aren't. Do you have to sometimes kind of guard against a little bit of that? Um, I, 
I, I really, I think when you have genuine people, like for instance, Michael, um, I really, I think it's on the person who is jealous if they don't see this as a really cool thing. And um, I can tell you within the team, um, I, you know, I heard some really cool things. I heard guys who, you know, don't get that attention, guys who are walk-ons, guys who are freshmen who, you know, maybe don't have this deep relationship with Michael. They don't have a lot of experiences with him. And, um, you know, them just being really appreciative of what he did for them, you know, even just this, I don't want to say small things. I don't think it's small, but this one thing, um, you know, and, uh, you know, they just really, I don't want to say look up to him, but they're, they're really feel grateful that he, he's, uh, you know, a leader uh, of this team and, uh, you know, one of their, uh, one of their friends. I think we all know how good Michael here is in Seattle. Their quarterback, you mentioned you got a good opponent this weekend. Just your thoughts on what Halen brings in his challenge. Yeah, he is a guy that, uh, I mean, with the ball in his hands, uh, both throwing, but of course running, uh, he is scary. And, um, you know, he makes people look pretty ridiculous sometimes. Uh, out, doesn't even have to be in space, just in tight quarters. He's shifty. Um, he can, you know, he's got another gear when it comes to, to hitting home runs. Uh, he did that a year ago. And, uh, you know, he's got another year under his belt. He's got a full off season. They got a new offensive coordinator. Uh, with Coach Hamden there, and uh, so uh, they have had a time to dial in what they want. Um, they know what we're going to look like for the most part, you know, on both sides of the ball. Uh, but Taylor uh, is certainly a guy that uh, we're going to, you know, have to make sure we really keep under control and keep him in our keep him in our grasp. He's obviously a, a unique, has a unique skill set of, of running and passing back there. But is the structure of their offense drastically different from what? Um, you saw two years ago, or do you not know that because of what Bush is bringing in as the new OC there? Uh, yeah, we don't know for sure. Um, you know, I think from a quarterback run situation, it's different than what we would have seen a couple of years ago for sure. Um, you know, I think uh, there's there's always carryover. There's enough to where they'll look at that stuff. And so I'm sure we'll see some of the things, and, you know, we're doing the same uh, as far as things we may have struggled with uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, but uh, and that maybe they will attack. But um, I think, you know, with a new coordinator and some of the things that uh, he'll bring from where he's been, uh, you know, I think you'll see we got to be ready for anything and everything, really. First year, guys, are there any that we can fully anticipate playing more than four games? First year, guys, fully anticipate. Um, I, I think I think with such a veteran group right now, I'd like to think that most of our guys, I mean, I think as we go through the season and things develop, I can give you a better answer. Um, but kind of uh, in regards to the question asked earlier, you know, Tybo might be a guy, uh, depending on how things go with the running back and special teams, you know, that he can be involved with. Uh, but he's got some time to make up here too. You know, some things he's just got to keep uh, going through as far as the process and developing. Um, but, you know, uh, Landon, Landon could be a guy as well. Kaylin, how did you how, how did you keep the turmoil of the, the conference from distracting the team during this whole time when all this stuff is swirling around? And this being the last season of the Pac-12, does that provide any extra motivation going into this season to go out on a night? Yeah, when you say ask the ter turmoil, are you talking about like the last year, just kind of trying to get through it and navigate that? More, more just leaving the conference and all that stuff. Okay. 
Yeah, I think I think the last couple of weeks really hasn't been a big deal for our guys. I mean, there's a whole handful of upperclassmen who this is it for them anyway. Um, and they, of course, want their alma mater to do great things and have a, have a stable place. But, uh, you know, I think having direction is so important for us as a coaching staff. And we have that now. We understand what the future holds and what we got to work for. And we can we can talk and, and you hear it in the recruits uh, that uh, voices uh, of those that are committed in particular. Um, but even the guys that we're continuing to talk talk with. Um, if anything, I don't consider it turmoil. I consider it like positive that we have this direction now, um, that we understand where we're going. And um, the Pac-12, um, with it being the last year for us, um, yeah, there's nothing better than for us to go out uh, on top, you know, and have an awesome season. And it's going to be a really fun season from a fan standpoint. Um, man, there's just so many good teams, uh, so excite, so many exciting offenses, uh, quarterback-led offenses. Uh, at a high level, so um, it's going to be a fun season. A lot of a lot of schools open up uh, with what's almost considered a guaranteed win. They'll, they'll play an FCS school and help their budgets and things like that. Here you've got a Boise State team coming in that's never been a pushover for anybody. Right. Um, do you uh, do you like both both um, scenarios, or do you prefer playing a a game like this that's going to be in question? Yeah, I, I mean. It is what it is, right? And we certainly, I agree with you. I mean, Boise State coming in here is a team that, uh, you know, we all know uh, when it comes to their expectations, their tradition, um, you know, the games, that, the big games they've won over all the years. Uh, I've faced them five times just in the last, you know, since 2017 and certainly aware of who they are. And, you know, nothing but respect, uh, you know, for the whole Boise State program and then Coach Avalos uh, and what he does and the mind he brings uh, from a defensive side in particular. Um, you just know you're always going to get everything uh, from from him and uh, his team. And, um, you know, they're going to come in here. I shared with the team yesterday uh, that, you know, this is a chance. I isn't going to break their season if they wouldn't win, but this is one that would uh, certainly – um, get it off to a pretty good start, and they're uh, the preseason Mountain West Conference, uh, you know, cho choice to to pick the the co to win the conference, and so um, that says a lot because that conference got some really good football teams in it that uh, win a lot of games versus Power Five schools every single year. So uh, we definitely have our hands full, and that's why we need Husky uh, Stadium rocking with uh, Husky Nation here and. Um, you know, we're going to be ready, and it's going to be a great prep week of preparation, and our guys will not take this lightly. Did you watch USC on Saturday? I caught a little bit at the end. Caught a little bit at the end. Um, maybe right at the end of the second quarter. Just a couple plays here and there. Scabbard. Obviously a great football team, you know, and so it's going to be – we'll worry about that when we get down the, down the road. But, uh, you know, again, just our conference is loaded, you know, and um, going to be some fun football games as the season goes on. When you were in your – How has your teamwork philosophy evolved, <coughs> evolved since your South Dakota days? Bigger rosters, kids from all over the country. Yeah, I mean, actually our roster, when I was at Sioux Falls, we had 135 one year. So it's a lot easier. <laughs> we had 135 and, and four of us that were full-time. You know, so managing it with so many other people, you know, we didn't have academic group, uh, you know, it was us. I did study hall, you know, as the head coach, you know, at times. And so, um, you know, but there's more detail that you put into everything, you know, and the recruiting is different because it's, it's more focused. You did a lot of mass recruiting at that level. And so there are a lot of uh, 
things where you evolve. But, um, you know, a lot of the really, I mean, if you look back at the core values and some of the mantras and things like that, they go back 20, 25 years. You know, it's many of the same things. Um, it just has different colors, you know, uh, different logos. And so um, I've grown it, you know, as I've gone with great head coaches and been in with other great coaches, uh, even as assistants. Um, you, you pick up a few things here and there that you add to it um, to make it better. And then I think you always got to be evolving. I've done some things differently uh, to keep it fresh. It's the same message, but the delivery is different. And so uh, you, you have to do that because uh, that that's the hard part is how do you keep the attention of the guys who have been here now, one, but then as we go two, three, four, five years into it, you know, how do you keep the attention of them and keep the message uh, to where, like, they really embrace it? Kaylin, you mentioned the assistants. How many times have you been a part of either as an assistant or a head coach, the same staff coming back from one year to the next? Um, I mean, we did it. it Fresno from 20 to 21, but it was a shortened season and COVID and kind of in limbo. So that did happen there with the whole staff. But uh, I, I can't say that I remember a staff, a whole staff. Um, now, I'm a firm believer in continuity and how important that is uh, just on growth and continue to just elevate your game. Um, I've been a part of a lot of offensive staffs that have continued to keep the five coaches in place three years at Eastern Michigan, you know, two years at, at uh, Fresno. Um, and so that is really critical. Uh, when I was at Sioux Falls, I think that was a big part of our success. We had the same three coaches, uh, and then Coach Grubb came in uh, in 2007, my third year. Um, but we had those same coaches there for five years. Um, just It was a smaller group, but all of us were there. And that continuity just led to, you know, building our culture, building our systems, you know, just refining, um, understanding and tweaking how you can get better every single year. Um, and just the, the communication lines just become so easy because it's efficient. And, um, you know, when you get the right people who are driven, um, you know, you're always striving for better. And, and uh, you know, fortunately, I have a staff around me that, uh, you know, wants to do great things. When you were in your first stint at Fresno, Jalen was in high school in Fresno at that time. Do you remember, like, a buzz about him and what he was doing in high school, kind of in the valley and yeah. his potential. Oh yeah, I do. I couldn't touch him at Fresno. I couldn't get him. He was gone. He's out of our hands. I, I remember one thing in particular. I remember walking by the baseball field in the spring and I was doing some spring recruiting there at the high school. And I remember seeing him out in the outfield doing outfield drills and just seeing this like long lanky guy just running tracking balls down during their practice. And I never got, never really, you know, didn't, you know, didn't meet him or anything at that time. But uh, just, I remember this athlete out there and hearing a lot about him and of course watching the film. And by that time he was pretty much beyond us, you know, there at Fresno. So, um, but yeah, it's fun. He's a special kid. I mean, he's just a gym rat. He just loves ball. Um, a lot of guys like Saturdays. Uh, he just loves football. I mean, he's out here, um, he's watching film uh, in the middle of the summer when the whole building is, 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 pretty much almost shut down, you know, and he's out there, uh, you know, catching jugs machine, uh, you know, every month, every, almost every day of the year, you know, he just loves ball and is always trying to work on making his game better. Anything else for Coach? Awesome. Thank you guys. Have a great week. CBS Friday. 
TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.